Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about the drawing of the three. Chapter 2, Eddie Dean. It is the second book in the Dark Tower series, and we are thoroughly enjoying it so far. We're not very far in the second book. We already done the first book, so if you're just happening to jump into this one, go back! <laughs> They're all in my uh, playlist on YouTube if you listen to this through an audio, or if you just go back far enough we can get a Jurassic Matter videos on there, you can find all the Let's Blabber stuff. And Catch up! Yeah, and luckily... Um Luckily, we're still early on in the series, so the books are smaller. Oh, yeah, so easily, easily catch yeah. up. If it's something you have any interest in, well, if you clicked on this at all, it means you probably have some interest in the Dark Tower. So, therefore, no matter what, go back and read the books. Do something. It's awesome. It's oh. not the movie. Don't worry about the movie. <laughs> no. Forget the movie. Why? Read the books. The movie never existed. <laughs> They're awesome. Um, if you can't tell, this is it's at the beginning of our Halloween week. We've had some technical difficulties, so we're in a different set than normal, and neither of us are dressed up for Halloween. So it's a little different, um, but the other three videos were all dressed up and all having fun and stuff. We can only do what we can do. So we do have some candy corn here. We're going to have a good old time starting off the week. Monday, October 22nd. There you go, because I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> this is a trend. It's so hard. If I put it at the beginning, as soon as I said the name, it'd be fine. But I always forget. I know it's right there. It's hard. It's difficult. <laughs> well, it's pretty sad when I had to write the name. <laughs> Things get difficult, okay? My mind goes wherever it wants to go. Okay. So, Eddie Dean. Eddie Dean. The second chapter. The first chapter was fun. This one's a short one. We don't have a whole lot. It'll probably be fairly quick episode, but things are only going to get longer from here, because yeah. all the chapters start getting longer from here. This one, I think, is by far the shortest. Which reminds me, for some strange reason, isn't Daylight Savings Time coming up soon? Sometime soon, I think, maybe, sure, it should, yeah. Does that mean the nights are getting longer? Um, Not for us, the, the, we work the, well, at four in the morning. So. Yeah, well, I don't know, if, I don't know, I just know the time's moving back, so it'll get dark earlier. Because I like the dark. It's just, it's just, it's just like, oh, it's, it's five o'clock. Oh, it's dark at five. Why? Okay. Live in the south. The sun goes down when it gets dark, Stefan. I don't mind the heat. I'm leaving. I know. I just like, I don't like being cold. I oh, love being cold. I don't like being cold. Okay, if you're cold, you can always get warm. You can only strip off so many layers before you peel your skin off to try to keep but it's cool. But it's never that hot. If you get cold, then I have to look like an Eskimo trying to walk around. It's hard to walk around. It gets, and I'm still cold. Pieces of me are still cold. It's terrible. It's horrible. You hurt. At least the heat's like, okay, you sweat a little bit. Okay, it cools you down. No, you're fine. you die. No, you're fine. You die. You're fine. You You're start fine. sweating, you start boiling alive, you turn into a lobster, and then... You bite all those fingers off. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Eddie Dean. Eddie Dean, chapter two. We're going to start this at some point, I think. Pretty sure. I give up. Okay. Da, 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 da. So, what did you think about the beginning of this? In what way? What do you mean? 
Just, um, I liked how he opened it up because one thing Stephen King's really good at is keeping with the setting. Keeping with who the character is compared to the situations around him. Like Roland. We know Roland is from a totally different world. Mm -hmm. Yet Stephen King continuously puts in those little details that remind you. And it's just, it's so perfect. Like, he doesn't say, oh, he sees, you know, like, metal kitchenware. He, he sees steel things. Something that kind of looks like an oven. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, he keeps you in the same world. He keeps you with Roland and not understanding exactly what he sees. And I love that. Which you should do, because Roland doesn't know what he sees. <laughs> he knows he's in the air. And some thing. Yeah. Where these women... These army women, because that's all yeah. he can relate these women to, these red uniform army women. Yes, and it was like, because um, steel things, machines of some sort, the bottle she poured from was a very small, it was glass, the vessel she was pouring into looked like glass, but he didn't think it was. And he'd be right. Plastic. It's, it's like the things we have right now. Yes. They're plastic, they're see-through, they're not glass. It said they're plastic and never degrade, and we're destroying the world. But that's yeah. all good too. Yeah, Not like if you did, yeah. But it's just like, like, <laughs> but like it. I think it would have, it would have taken away from the story if he would have been like, the vessel, vessel she was pouring into was plastic, and it's like, <laughs> well, well, Roland, how how do you know what plastic is? Like, he wouldn't know. It's too exactly. long. Exactly. Too long. Plastics, not really of his world. No. They don't make plastic. But uh, my first note, besides all that, was the last paragraph. If you read it too fast, it was extremely confusing. But then when you... Sl- I had to read it about twice and slow it down. What do you mean the last one? First paragraph of the f- first page. Uh, for me. Okay. It says, The view slid down a little. A hand entered it from the right of the door the gunslinger was looking through and grasped the knob of the door the gunslinger was looking at. The first time I read it, I was like, wait, what? It's <laughs> a little bit of a confusing sentence. Okay. So, obviously, if you were with us during the first episode, we, or through the first chapter, I should say, he has gone, he's still looking through the door. He hasn't gone through, he's just looking. And... What he's seeing is he's looking through someone else's eyes. So as the view moves, it means this person's looking around, which mm-hmm. is very nauseating for him. <laughs> I imagine it would be, probably. Yeah. So they, maybe we're used to stuff kind of like that, though. Yeah. So we, it wouldn't be as big deal for us. First-person movies, first-person video games. I don't know. I still kind of get out like. 3D. Did you ever watch Hardcore Henry? No, not yet. That's a pretty cool movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. They're really different, but it was really cool. No, I, I haven't seen that one. Um, I really liked, of course, uh, if you played, if you ever, if you ever played Doom. Like I mean, I've played Doom. Yeah, and then did when you watched the movie Doom. Yeah, when they actually went to the first person perspective. Yeah, at the, the very end. end, I actually really liked that. That was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's pretty much what you're going through right now. You can, we can tell we're on an airplane. He doesn't know what it is. He just thinks it's a flying carriage. A flying carriage. Yes. I mean, good enough. Good enough. He gets the idea. So, yes, that's where we are currently at. 
And as from the description, we kind of know this, whoever is steering the vision is going to the restroom. Yes. Which my, my next note was right after that. It says, um, that then the view tur- uh, did turn, not all the way around, but half. And he was looking into a mirror, seeing a face he'd seen before on a tarot card. Mm. The same dark eyes and spill of the ha- dark hair. The face was calm but pale, and his eyes, eyes though which he saw now reflected back at him, Roland saw some of the dread and horror of that baboon-ridden creature on the tarot card. Yay! The tarot card is back. We now know who... Well, well, you can probably guess it, but if you didn't know, now you know definitely who eyes you're looking through. You don't know have a name, but you know. No, there isn't a name yet. But, I mean, we know it's a tarot card. I mean, the door was the prisoner, the yeah. monkey. I mean, it, it all goes back and it all works. The man was shaking. He's sick, too. Then he remembered Nort, the weed eater in Tull, and he thought of the oracle. A demon has infested him. The gunslinger suddenly thought he might know what heroin was after all. Something like the devil grass. Yeah, probably a good definition. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting talk through this chapter. I'm like, ah, not exactly. <laughs> I'm glad the whole thing isn't like this. It's yes. like, this is not the world I'd want to be in, but it sets the stage for what we need for the everything else. Uh, the next note I have is pretty much the paragraph right after that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. My note is last paragraph. Yep. Because <laughs> I liked the last paragraph. Yes. And also, like, if you want to go ahead with it, it's like I focused on one one little part. So go ahead. We'll, we'll see then. <clears throat> mm. Without, mm, a trifle upsetting, isn't he? Uh, without thought, with a simple resolve that had made him the last of them all, the last to continue marching on and on, long after Cuthbert and the others and died. No, no. Long after Cuthbert and the others had died or given up, committed suicide or treachery or simply recanted the whole idea of the tower, with the single-minded and curious resolve that had driven him across the desert and all these years before the desert in the wake of the man in black, the, dun- the, the gunslinger stepped through the doorway. Yes, and what I had noted was, or simply recanted the whole idea of the tower. So it's like, you mean... <sighs> he makes it seem like there was other people going to yeah, the tower. Yeah, you, you mean you could have not been doing this by yourself this whole time? <laughs> well, only Roland has the... The resolve. To continue. To put it above everything else. Which we've seen yeah. time and time again. Just in this little bit, the first book. He just he refuses to give up. He refuses to stop. No matter what he has to sacrifice to get there. Pretty much from the moment he was a boy and just had that impulse like, I'm going to challenge. I'm, I'm done. I'm ready. I'm going to challenge. Makes you kind of curious. Because it doesn't think they ever actually mentioned anywhere. Uh, what made him to decide to go to the tower. I, don't, I can't remember if it was a quest or... I mean... I think it was one of those, like... I want to say it vaguely gets mentioned as far as um, 
when the when the world starts falling pretty much when the world starts moving on it's like hey the dark tower is the root if you want to have answers for everything it's there i don't, I don't remember anything specifically being yeah. mentioned or but anyone no, specifically telling no, him this or any decision that was ever made it's not Anything I remember him going back to his child and saying, this is why the quest for the Dark Tower is yeah. important, or whatever. Or well, why people went there, or understood, or had any idea what it was at all. Well, we're rereading it, so who knows. I mean, Maybe why do they even something. believe in the Dark Tower? Roland barely believed an ocean existed. Roland believes a lot, a lot of, or doesn't believe a lot of weird things, but... But the Dark Tower, the center of everything, this... this Thing that is real? People used to believe you could dig a hole to China. People aren't very intelligent. <laughs> I'm just saying, for a man who, who barely believed an ocean existed, to believe in the Dark Tower. Well, he also is... He also was instilled. Like, it was ingrained in him through teachings and everything. Why do they believe in the Dark Tower? Why does he even know it exists? This is their religion. No one, you don't have any answer. You're just coming up with stuff. No, but okay, think about it. If you're saying, okay, why does he believe it? Okay, he was taught that way. Why do they believe it? Isn't that the root of religion nowadays? It's all... Someone had to have seen... It. We, 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 someone had to have seen it. Some way. It exists. Someone had to have an idea that it existed. But why? It's all an illusion. Uh, I don't know. We don't know these things. No, we do not. Maybe there's something we missed the times that we've read before. We will no, we'll, find it again. We will find it. We will find it. We will find it. We'll see what's going on. So, he steps through the doorway. And we jump to Eddie Dean's perspective. That we do. Um, I think my next note is just the fact, like, him looking into the mirror and seeing Roland's eyes. I don't think I just mentioned the fact that it says, um, when you got to get down, you can't find the elevator. Henry had told him once, you got to do it any way you can, even if it's only with a shovel. <laughs> just the fact mentioning Henry, because sweet baby Jesus, we're going to hear a lot about Henry. Oh, yeah. Henry Dean. Oh, Henry, Henry, The Henry. great sage and eminent junkie Henry Dean. Yep. And going cool turkey. Cool turkey. That was on my notes too. It was cool turkey. We also learn that Eddie is a smuggler. Yep, and the very next line, that was on my notes too. That the reason Eddie is on this plane, because he has two pounds of cocaine shoved under his armpits. And he's smuggling it from, I forget the name of the place he, he came from, but smuggling it into the United States. Regency Tower. The penthouse balcony of the Regency Tower. I don't know. It was just... A lot easier to get things through the airport and on planes back then. Yeah, if he wasn't worried about it just being under his armpits, yeah. It was just cool. That was fine. But we definitely get into the mind of a junkie. He's sitting there talking, like talking himself through it in his head about... Well, I feel like I should puke, but I'm not sure. But I should because it's gonna look bad if I do just randomly puke when I get off the plane. And so he's just 
We so. learned his brother, of course, is a user, too. Oh, yeah. And also, of course, uh, Stephen King's grand way that he does. Eddie had just started to snort the stuff, and Henry himself had yet to pick up his first needle. So we know that um, things aren't going to go well for Henry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they make it very clear that well, this was a point in the past. Yeah, but I mean, even even still, when it gets later on, he said uh, they were talking about what happens when someone overdoses with a needle, and he says... They were both laughing and clutching each other. Baked turkey. Pretty funny. Not so funny now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because now that's where they are. (laughs) They are. They've made it to this point. We've regressed from just normal cocaine to heroin to... And it just goes downhill from there. You don't... You just keep using until you die. That's pretty much all it is. In same way, is cool turkey's worse than cold turkey. Mm-hmm. At least when you make it to cold turkey, you know you're going to puke. You know you're going to shake. You know you're going to sweat until it feels like you're drowning in it. Cool turkey is like the curse of expectation. And then, of course, he goes through this whole thing. Check your brother. Friends, you want to hear my definition of... Yeah, my definition of cooked Goose, and he oh, goes through this yeah. whole thing about going through customs. Oh yeah, the 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 where he's pretty much just going through the whole scenario in his head. Yeah, just, you really get Eddie Dean's personality. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, his customs trip not very unpleasant. Um, no. Oh, you're sweating too much. Oh, or oh, they want to look. They want to take a look at you because you look weird and. Pull you along the side, and oh, why don't you take your, your your coat off? Well, I mean, it's it's AC's too high. The AC's too high. But why? Why are you sweating so much? So you take you take your coat off, and then oh, why do you take that uh that, that shirt off? Well, the bulges under your armpits look like maybe they could be kind some kind of lymphatic tumors or something, <laughs> and you don't even bother to say anything else. Yeah. <clears throat> And thus, they're what you might call tumors on the corpse of society. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Hmm. Those things more like a little couple of baggies held with uh, scotch strapping tape. And by the way, don't worry about the smell, son. That's just goose. It's cooked. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Probably good old Eddie. I'm going to like him a whole lot more when we get a little bit further down. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely talks to himself a lot more in his head. Like, Roland does it occasionally, but Eddie definitely has a lot of inner dialogue. He's like, hey, come on, quit it, he thought uneasily. You're supposed to be the most unparanoid guy in the world. That's why they sent you. That's why. And then he looks in the mirror. <laughs> Not hazel, but a blue the color of fading Levi's. There's that description again. Yeah, and that, I wrote that yeah. down specifically. <laughs> Eyes that were chilly. Precise, unexpected marvels of calibration, bombardier's eyes. Reflected in them, he saw, clearly saw, a seagull swooping down over a breaking wave and snatching something from it. Could you imagine, like, just looking into the mirror and just seeing your face, but not your eyes? 
It's weird. And he sees all that, and then he he pukes. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. We're puking. We're yeah. puking. In this. this is too much. Do you, mm. would, do you think he would just be like, I'm I'm having a trip? Like, this is... Yeah, because we, we have a little description down here. In that half second before he did, and a half second he went on looking into the mirror, he saw those blues disappear. But before it had happened, there was this sudden, suddenly, and suddenly the feeling of being two people, of being possessed, like the little girl from The Exorcist. <laughs> Clearly, he felt a new mind inside his own mind and heard a thought not as his own thought, but more like a voice from a radio. I've come through. I'm in the sky carriage. <laughs> he was too busy throwing up. Yep. Yeah, and then when it jumps to three, and uh, I've come through. I'm in the sky carriage. <laughs> the gunslinger thought. And on a second later, he, he sees me in the mirror. Roland pulled back. Uh, did not leave, but pulled back. Like a child retreating to the furthest corner of a very long room. He was inside the sky carriage. He was also inside a man who was not himself, inside the prisoner. In, the, in that first moment, when he had been close to the front, it was the only way he could describe it, uh, he had been more than inside. He had almost been the man. He felt the man's illness, whatever it was, and since the man was about to wrench, Roland understood that if he needed to, he could take control of this man's body. He would suffer his pain, would be ridden with whatever demon ape rode him. But if he needed to, he could. Pretty interesting. I really like how they did the... How it's described the possession. Like, it's like being in someone's mind, but not... It, for some reason, it almost reminds me of... Um, what is it? Dreamcatcher, for some reason. I've seen Dreamcatcher. Oh, okay. I know what it is, but yeah. I've not seen it. But it just, it, it reminds, like, just the way he's in his mind, but he's fully aware of being able to move forward and backwards, like, oh, I, I, I can pull back, or I can go forward, or I can pull back, but he uses those directions, but really, I mean, he's not obviously moving inside the guy, he's just there. No, but, but how, just, how he describes it, yeah. he is. Which is probably the best thing because we get we get more of that. Yeah, um, we also get how much, like, uh, just how much it affects both of them as far as like what they can do. Like, which is, I just love it. I, I really like that's the direction this went instead of, oh, I took over somebody's body and then I gotta hop through the door to go back to you know wherever or hop back in and. Just, I, I don't. I just like the entire idea. No, it's very cool. It's one of the fun things we're gonna get to here in a second. Oh, sorry. I don't know why. Let's oh, look and see what I wanted to go to next. Oh. Um. Oh, continuing on with that note is that Roland also starts thinking about, okay, I am in this guy's mind. I am in this guy's body. 
so what happened to my body? Like, is it is it still there? Is it still, like, yes. what's going on with it? And it just says, there were two things he needed to know, and he needed to know them so desperately that the needing outweighed any consequences which, which might arise. Was the door he had come through from his own world still there? And if it was, was his physical self still there, collapsed, untinted? untenated, perhaps dying or already dead without his self-self to go on, unthinkingly running lungs and heart and nerves. Even if his body still lived, it might only continue to do so until nightfall. Then the lobstrosities would come out to ask their questions and look for shore dinners. He snapped the head, which was for a moment his head, around in the fast backward glance. The door was still there, still behind him. And then... And yes, there he lay, Roland, the last gunslinger, lying on his side, his bound right hand on his stomach. Yep, I'm breathing, Roland thought. I'll have to go back and move me. But there are things to do first. Things. He let go of the prisoner's mind and retreated, watching, waiting, to see if the prisoner knew he was there or not. Just... And he died! Uh-huh. What's going on? He's a no. little confused. It's, it's crazy to just... Roland is in a desert. He sees a door. He opens the door. He freaks out, realizes I'm seeing through someone else's eyes, has the instinct to just jump right in. And, and then, he's, he's pretty cool with things at that point. And then turns around. Oh, I'm, I'm at least breathing. I'm just okay. Running. Yeah. yeah. My body's okay. It's dying, but it's okay. As long as I move it before the lobsters get to it. We're, exactly. We're I'm cool. Things are good. So we jump back to Eddie, and I assume he's thinking he's having, like, the worst spell ever. (laughs) Um, The last thing I noticed was that they were in New York, and the plane was scheduled to land at 4.05. But it was really going to be high noon, showdown time. So it's like, like, what's what's going on? (laughs) What are you doing, Eddie? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, my next thing was, um, we go back to Roland. He's like, ah, I'd like something to eat, please, the gunslinger said through Eddie Dean's mouth. We'll be serving hot snacks in. I'm really starving, though, the gunslinger said with perfect truthfulness. Anything at all, even a popkin? Popkin? The army woman frowned at him, and the gunslinger suddenly looked into the prisoner's mind. Sandwich. The word was so distant as the murmur in a coach shell. I mean, a conch shell. A sandwich. Even the gunslinger said. The army would look doubtful. Well, I have some tuna fish. That would be fine, the gunslinger said. Although he had never heard of Tudor fish in his life. Beggars cannot be choosers. You do look a little pale, the army woman said. I thought maybe it was air sickness. Pure hunger. Pure hunger. She gave him a professional smile. I'll see what I can rustle up. Rustle? The gunslinger thought dazedly. In his own world, to rustle was a slang verb meaning to take a woman by force. Never mind. Food would come. He had no idea if he could carry it back through the doorway to the body which needed it so badly. But one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Rustle, he thought. And Eddie Dean's head shook as if in disbelief. Then the gunslinger retreated again. Mm-hmm. 
A lot of fun stuff in that, that particular little page. One, it can, well, we, we once again know he can completely take over Eddie. Yeah. Two, apparently he can just search his mind as if it's kind of his own. Yeah. If something, if a word's missing, he can just, it's kind of like when you think and go to the back of your mind to try to pull that word. Well, what makes before. me think is that yeah. more of like having two, knowing two languages. Yeah. Like what, how do they say this in that? Uh, uh, yeah, that. Yeah. And then it's like, obviously we're picking up words that don't exactly mean the same thing. Yeah. And um, doesn't know what tutor fish is. Yeah. That continues. That, yeah. is a, that is definitely one that continues. And we're going to get a lot more throughout the books about Roland not quite understanding words from our world. Yes. Which is good. It's one of the things that I definitely like. As I said, Stephen King keeps Roland in character. Keeps him in his world. Um, and then, of course, Nerves, the great oracle and eminent junkie, assured him. Just Nerves. All part of the cool turkey experience, little brother. Part. At some point he goes further into that, but I think it's a little further down. Mine's like two pages later. Ah, and mine's on the next page. Uh, oh, because this is what I was talking about. Steal that feeling of sleepless. He sipped his drink again and let his eyes slip shut. Why'd you black out? I didn't. Or she'd be running for all the emergency care they could carry. Blanked out. Then, it's no good either way. You never blanked out like this before in your life. Nodded out, yeah, but never blanked out. Something odd about his right hand, too. It seemed to throb vaguely as if it had been pounded with a hammer. Yeah, I remember reading that. I forgot to note it, but... So he can feel Roland's pain from his original body that's outside the door. When Roland takes over, Roland's pain affects him as well. Yes. They pretty much just, they become, they almost become one person. Like, they can feel each other, they can... It shows that Roland's still very much connected to his original body. Yes. Which makes you again think, if that body were happening eaten by the lobsters, Roland would probably actually die in Mitty's mind as well. Yes. And then you, you'd think that, you'd wonder if, like, if, when that happens... If Roland is at the forefront of Eddie's mind while his body is getting eaten, do you think that'd be really painful for Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like it was in something. Some show. I don't know. Being in someone's mind, experiencing their pain of their death. It was, definitely was. What show was that? I don't remember. But that exact thing. Like... I don't remember. It's been a while. Let's just think about this. Like I know I've seen that. There was somewhere. Uh, I've seen it in something, some type yeah. of television. You, you. Go in here. But then we just learned what the entire plan was for Eddie, just to meet with this guy, get a key, get the stuff, have it taped to him. Fly on the plane. Yeah, easy peasy. Fly out. With a face that honest of yours, you'll breach their customs and we'll be eating steak and sparks before the sun goes down. It's going to be a breeze, little brother. Nothing but a cool breeze. 
But it had been sort of a warm breeze after all. Yep. The trouble with him, Henry, was they were like Charlie Brown and Lucy. The only difference was, once in a while, Henry would hold the football so Eddie could kick it. And then we get a very long description, mm-hmm. basically about how screwed up Henry is. Yes. Because in the end, that's what the whole thing's about. Like, you know you know how you really want to screw up Charlie? Just let Lucy hold that football a couple times. Then move it out from underneath. Then hold it once. And then I'll do it a little bit. And... Eddie knew it would really fuck the kid up. From experience, he knew it. Mm-hmm. One of the good guys, Henry had said. But the guy who had showed up had been a sallow-skinned thing with a British accent. So the guy that's supposed to be giving him the key. Or they're supposed to... Well, give him the product. Yes, give him the product for the key. He's supposed to give him a little product to hold him over till Sunday. And so he could test it and then bring the rest of the product. And he would give him a key so he could get whatever is in the... Um, safety deposit box. Yeah, safety deposit box. Mm. But the, I, the one thing I noted was... Did you have any notes within this conversation with the guy? The only note I wrote was that uh, wrote was that Eddie wasn't an idiot. Yeah, uh, Eddie was an awfully brave fellow. Yes, I uh, what I put was um, deep steel because it says uh, there was a deep steel in Eddie because okay the guy pretty much he's like hey you need to give me the key and Eddie's like no nah, this isn't how this works and he's like suddenly there was a small flat blue automatic in the silo skinned thing's hand. Why don't you just give it to me, sen- It's supposed to be senor, but apparently with the British accent, he's saying it like senior. I will save time and effort. You will save your life. There was a deep steel in Eddie Dean, junkie or no junkie. Henry knew it. More important, Balazar knew it. That was why he had been sent. Most of them thought he had gone because he was hooked through the bag and back again. He knew it. Henry knew it. Balazar, too. But only he and Henry knew he would have gone even if he was straight as a stake. Yep. And says, why don't you put that thing away, you little scuzz, Eddie asked. Or do you maybe want Balazar to send someone down here and cut your eyes out of your head with a rusty knife? Mm-hmm. And I'm like... No, no. Eddie's got balls on him. Eddie, he has no problem. Yes. Which is surprising. Not the character I would normally expect. Yes. But no, no, he's got to stick up completely, cool, calm, collected. For a junkie, he's got some balls on him. And pretty much that just keeps going. Like, the guy keeps trying to egg him on, like, hey. Well, he gives him some product. <laughs> which Eddie decides, no, this ain't, this is, this is crap. What are you trying to give me here? Well, when the guy shows up with brown powder instead of white powder. Yeah. But yeah, first he gives him the product, tries to leave, and he's like, nah, you're going to wait a minute. <laughs> then... This is crap. Yeah. <laughs> then he opens it, sees it's brown, like, no, this isn't going on. So the guy finally was like, okay. I'll... Yeah, pretty much. He went, he left, and he came back. And then Eddie's like... He tried to leave again. The guy tries to leave again. And then he's like, nah, nah. Like, if I get sick and stuff, he, you still need to be around. And so. Yeah, he gives him some new stuff to hold him over for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And what he's going to actually be giving him. He's like, it will not make you sick. That's China White. 
<laughs> if that's China White and he said, I'm Dwight Gooden, whoever the heck that is. Who? Never mind. But yes. So it's better. Yes. And he accepts it. But it's just funny because here's this guy who has already threatened him with a gun and Eddie Dean's like, nah. Hey, it's cool. Yeah. No, we like don't deal with this crap. So he sits down and watches some TV and once he feels like that... That's what I forgot to write down, but it's something I read. Was the whole your legs stop working, but you stop needing the needle right away? It was pretty much like, hey, if you ever want to not feel the fix anymore, just break your spinal cord. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it says, want to take a quick cure? He asked Henry. He he had asked Henry once, break your spine, Henry. Your legs stop working, and then said Henry hadn't thought it was funny. In truth, Eddie hadn't thought it was funny either. When the only fast way you could get rid of the monkey on your back was to snap your spinal cord above the bunch of nerves, you were dealing with one heavy monkey. That was no capuchin. No cute little organ grinder's mascot. That was a big, mean, old baboon. And I thought that was cool. Because this is Eddie Dean's perspective, and even he considers it a monkey on your back. He knows it's not good. Well, no, no, I'm just saying as far as the tarot card goes. Oh. Like, the tarot card specifically being a baboon on his back. Oh. And then, yes, we all know the whole monkey on your back thing, but I just think that even in Eddie Dean's perspective, he still uses that same language to describe. <clears throat> and then that was when he was pretty much, oh, yeah, this is good, you can go now. Yeah, my next thing was down further, I think. Um, it's like, it was odd about... I watched the child before... Oh, yeah, because Roland talks about the play, too. Mm, moving pictures? Yeah, moving pictures. Uh, the gunslinger somehow inside the man's mind. A man whose name he still did not know. The lonely, the prisoner thought of. The lowling? The prisoner thought of. The sallow thing. Had not known it. Blah, 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 had not spoken it. Watched this as once. Uh, watched this as he had once watched plays as a child. Before the world had moved on. Or so he thought he watched. Uh, because plays were all he had ever seen. If he had ever seen a moving picture, he'd have thought of that first. And then, yeah, it just goes down as it. He knew the name of the prisoner's brother, but not the name of the man himself. But, of course, names were secret things, full of power. It's crazy that we still, at this point, you don't, he never says Eddie's name, Ever. And it's weird that he can't pick Eddie's name out of Eddie's mind. That is pretty He picked so many other things. But but not his name. I think at this part, though, at this point, he's not searching through his mind, though. I mean, he searched for it for the sandwich. I mean, I'm sure he could have, but he ha- he's just observing. Cause he obs- mm. What I thought was cool, the fact that Eddie's having this thought back or this dream, and Roland's able to just sit there and watch it. <laughs> Like, I thought that was really cool, because it was like, okay, so he's either dreaming or just thinking back, and you're able to, you're just watching, like, throwing it up on the screen, like, <laughs> let me, let me just view this for a minute. But still, it's just interesting that he still doesn't have Eddie's name, yes. in my opinion, really interesting. But like you said, names were secret. And then, of course, we get to the flight attendant. Yeah, the wonderful, wonderful flight attendant. Yeah. Back to the I just like it because it's like, he tells me how hungry he is and I fix something up for him because he's a little bit cute and then he falls asleep on me. 
And then, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when, uh, when a passenger guy about 20 tall wearing clean, <clears throat> slightly fitted blue jeans and partially shirt opened his eyes a little and smiled at her, Thank you, Sai, he said, or so it sounded almost archaic or foreign. Sleep talk, that's all, Jane thought. She gave him the sandwich. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought it was interesting. Another little piece right here says, She went back to the galley to catch a smoke. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Smoking on an airplane. Yeah, we, didn't we talk about that yeah. the other day? <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, what a foreign concept. Yes. She struck the match, lifted it halfway to her cigarette, and then stopped. Unnoticed. Because that wasn't all they taught you to expect. I thought he was a little bit cute, mostly because of his eyes. His hazel eyes. Mm-hmm. So. But when the man in 3A had opened his eyes a moment ago, they hadn't been hazel. They'd been blue. Not sweet, sexy blue like Paul Newman eyes, but... The cooler, the, the cooler, but the color of icebergs. They, ow, the match had reached her finger. She shook it out. Good old iceberg eyes. Having matches on planes, that's another Matches and smoking on planes. And, this is a lot. Hmm. Yeah, she, she had realized his eyes were different colors. So, yes, it's not just a between Eddie and Roland. It's a, it's a, everyone can physically see what's going on. If they notice. Yeah, if they notice. Which they spend an entire kind of way too long. I bl- I feel it took way too long. Her sitting here describing how she's trained to... It literally took two pages to pretty much just say that their teacher ingrained it into their head. That if you if you get a little tickle, if you sense anything, you, you make sure to remember it. You don't forget it because that's what's going to save... I mean, it's important information... For a flight attendant, but I don't think we needed two pages. It also explains what we're doing, what's going to happen, and why it happens, and why she's so intimate. And now I do agree, we didn't need two pages of it. We didn't need to go as far as it did. But the only thing I will say is that I did how they described her teacher as the battle axe. It says... The voice that had initiated these thoughts had been that of an instructor of flight, uh, at flight school, a tough old battle axe. And then later on, the old battle axe had raised one blunt finger, and it just reminded me of court. Like how mm. Roland had court, and this lady had this other person. This other person. Well, it, it just says a tough old battle axe who looked as if she could have flown the mail with Wiley Post saying, don't ignore your suspicion. Hmm. Was it, there's one other interesting phrase I threw in here. She would watch, Jane decided, but she would not forget. It says, in a world where hijacking and drug smuggling have become <laughs> facts of life, airline personnel are often afraid of passengers. Well, we'll wait till you get to this year. Just colored contacts. Oh, God. There's more things for her to be suspicious about. It just keeps thinking. Like, oh, he has contacts. 
That's why his color context. That's why he went to the, the restroom earlier. He was just taking his context out so he could get some sleep. Not a big deal. But contacts are kind of expensive. The color context, I would imagine in... I don't, what, I don't remember. I don't know what year we're in, no. but back then, especially color contacts were really expensive. Well, yeah, she said that um, ordinary contact lenses were expensive. Colored ones cost the earth. All of the people Jane's acquaintance who cared to lay out that sort of money were women. All of them extremely vain. So what? Guys can be vain too. Why not? He's good looking. No, he wasn't. Cute maybe, but that was as far as it went. And with the pallid complexion, he only made it. To cute by the skin of his teeth. So why the colored contacts? Exactly. <laughs> See that that's fine. Like that information works great for me, but there's like just... I was just mentioning here because nowadays colored contacts. They're not not really a major expense. Not compared. Yeah. But I would imagine I know this is further back, it'll be a lot more expensive yeah. the further we go back. No, the gunslinger thought. Now we'll see, won't we? So his big experiment is let's see if I can bring things through the door. <laughs> gotta figure it out. I got I got my sandwiches. I need to see if I can get through that door. Yes. He can he, he can re enter his own poisoned body, but other things, physical things, here for instance, in front of him was food. Something the woman in the uniform had called a Tudor fish sandwich. The gunslinger had no idea what Tudor fish was, but he knew a popkin when he saw it, although this one looked curiously uncooked. Yeah, a little further back, something else I had in my little notes was just the fact she's also keeping an eye on him because of his thinky sigh. Yes. Say, thinky sigh. Sleep talk? Or a muddled lapse in some into some <laughs> other language. She would watch. Jane decided she would not forget. Like, oh, he could. Oh, he got this, this secret language going on. He's a foreigner. He's changed his <laughs> contacts. Something's fishy. Espionage. You're gonna break his undercover. He's incognito. So yes, Roland has decided he's going to try these, pretty much try to take these sandwiches with him. Because if he can take the sandwiches, then that means he can take medicine. Now he can take other things, so he can try to help his body from dying. Yes. There might be such medicine in this world, in a world where carriages rode through the air far above where even the strongest eagle could fly, anything seemed possible. But it would not matter how much powerful medicine there was here if he could carry nothing physical through the door. You could live in this body, gunslinger, the voice of the man in black whispered deep inside his head. Leave that piece of breathing meat over there for the lobster things. It's only a husk, anyway. That's not important. He would not do that. For one thing, it would be the most murderous sort of thievery, because he would not be content to be just a passenger for long, looking out of the man's eyes like a traveler, looking out of a coach window at the passing scenery. For another, he was Roland. If dying was required, he intended to die as Roland. He would die crawling toward the tower if that was what was required. And that he would. Yes. That he most definitely would. Well, the only thing of here the of note is Roland turned towards the door and went through, holding the popkin halves in his hand. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. And then pretty much he finds himself back on the rocks. Yep. Of which he drops a sandwich on the ground. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because he says, um, The argument of many seabirds arising from the closest rocks as he struggled to a sitting position. Cowardly buggers were creeping up, he thought, and they would have been taking pecks out of me soon enough. Still breathing or no, they're nothing but vultures with a coat of paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've heard that before, too. Yeah, he drops his, his food on the sand. Yes. He picks it up and blows off and wipes off the, the sand. It's You're all good. Hungry. I am hungry. You are hungry. Because it says, uh, because he had been holding it with a whole hand when he came through the door and now was, or had been, holding it in a hand which had suffered a 40% reduction. So... He's pretty much just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pinching it between thumb. Oh, no, his thumb and his ring finger. So he's like this. Yeah. What's well, the only good finger? Ah. No, you can't do much with a pinky. That poor little pinky. Oh, that's gotta suck. Because technically. When you hold these two fingers down, you... Well, those fingers aren't there. Yes, but it's... Still, this is here, so it's just like... What you think is just going to be like, woo! What? 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 What is the issue you're having here? Meaning it's still difficult, okay? It ain't that difficult. Picking up a sandwich like this? I can pick up the microphone like that. I'm not going to have my issue with the sandwich. Okay. Your fingers are gone. Two of them are gone. Two that of them one gone. here? It's Two good. It's gone. strong. It's strong. Most likely, this entire area is swollen. You can get around. Come on, this plate. Come on. Come on. Come on. I, 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 I disagree. That's all. Also, it is probably really painful to move anything at this point. Stop making excuses for Roland. What? Stop making excuses for Roland. Oh my goodness. Let him eat his dirty sandwich. Okay? He's going to. And he does. And a moment later, he was wolfing it, not noticing the few bits of sand which ground between his teeth. Seconds later, he had turned his attention to the other half, and it was gone in three bites. The gunslinger had no idea what Tudor fish was, only that it was delicious. That seemed enough. In the plane, no one saw the tuna sandwich disappear. No one saw Eddie Dean's hands grasp the two halves of it tightly enough to make deep thumb indentations in the white bread. No one saw the sandwich fade to transparency, then disappear, leaving only a few crumbs. So now we know how things work. If you go through the door, it just fades. Fades away. Hey, it works for Roland. It needed to work <laughs> yeah. for Roland. Man is hungry. I think the book would have ended very soon if it just didn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, we have no way to make this work. I said, oh, well, I feel bad for you, Roland. But you're gone. I think the only other way they could have made is if Eddie Dean had to go through the door with him. Like the entire thing together. But I don't think he would have, I don't think he'd last that long. Hmm. But yes, and then Jane comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. About 20 seconds after it had dis- happened, Jane Dorning 
stuffed her cigarette, snuffed her, stuffed stuffed, her cigarette, snuffed her cigarette, and crossed the head of the cabin. She got her book from her tote bag, but what she really wanted was another look at three A. He appeared to be deeply asleep, but the sandwich was gone. Jesus, Shane thought he didn't eat it; he swallowed it whole, and now he's asleep again. Are you kidding? Whatever was tickling at her about three A, Mister. Now they're hazel, now they're blue, uh, kept right on tickling. Something about him was not right. Something. And that is the end of chapter two. The next Good. chapter is chapter three, Contact and Landing. I remember this chapter too. <laughs> I remember this. Yes. You want to talk about cooked goose? Ish. Yeah. Uh, good chapter. We're just getting a... I kind of feel they could have combined chapters two and three. It's all about the same thing. It's all about Eddie and his world and what's going on. I think this one just wanted to emphasize who... What, what the plan was and also how things worked. Like... Going over the ideas of, okay, what can Roland do when he goes through the door? What can he bring back when he comes back through the door? And then sets the stage for, okay, now that I'm in this person, let's, no holds bar, let's see why I'm here. So. Yeah. A nice little chapter, but a little chapter it definitely was. Yes. Wasn't a whole lot there. Just basic explanations of what's happening, what's going on, and explaining the door and Roland and us getting to know Eddie a little bit and why he's on said plane. <laughs> yep. Now, now we know where you know heroin and everything else comes into play with his tarot card. Yeah. Uh, stay off drugs, kids. Yes. It's not good for you. This is this is now the Dare program. Or definitely stay off the hardcore drugs. <laughs> Don't, don't be Eddie Dean. Don't be Eddie. Don't get on the cocaine and the heroin. It's not good for you. You end up waking up in airplane bathrooms with different eyes. And exactly. That's how that works. <laughs> and gunslingers in your brain. You don't want a monkey on your back. Or a gunslinger in your head. What do you mean? People who smoke have monkeys in the back too. Then again. I don't know. Maybe a gunslinger in your head would help. It could help. I don't know how much you want him taking over personally. And you're just fading away. Jeez. I, just him personally in general, I don't, I don't think. I mean, go rolling, but no. Go rolling. We love reading about you. I don't know if we need you. <laughs> you're, you're a little obsessive compulsive about certain things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah, it was a good chapter. I hope you enjoyed it. We got to know Eddie. I can't wait just get further. Just further yeah, and further. I really I really enjoy this book and the introduction of everyone. And, and then we have the next one. It's also a great book. It just keeps getting better. And worse and better. And yeah, worse. I was saying, better and then worse. And then better and better. Okay. Oh, so. It's not the best book. Okay. <laughs> oh, that one's going to be hard. It's uh, so hard. Okay. Um, yes. I believe that is it. We are done for the day. I don't know how long it went. I didn't pay attention to my time till it's been, I don't know, somewhere around the hour, I think. Mm. It's all good. We got through that. Um, but yeah, 
as always, you can, well, not as always, as <gasps> always, you can reach Amanda at KZ Pup. I have now officially changed my Twitter handle, um, so you won't be able to reach me at BJJ Gamer anymore. Instead, I am at Stars Untraveled. I decided to change it up. We don't have a lot of viewers anyway at the moment, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> No one's uh, seen my Twitter or gone Why? to... Why do you remind them how unpopular we are, okay? It's not my fault. If we're not part of the cool crowd, they're going to they're gonna walk away. We're not part of the cool cow crowd. The cool cows. The cool cow. That cool cow, we're not part of him, okay? Oh my so, goodness. Stars Untraveled is my Twitter. You can reach the show as always at Beyond Our Focus on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We've got fun stuff on all of them. The Twitter's mainly... Uh, the poll for what's in the box and just kind of what's going on with the episodes. Need to post more on there. Instagram's kind of more behind the scenes. What some of the shirts look like. What the costumes look like. Some pictures of dogs. Oh, so All the puppers are on the Instagram. Puppies fall on Instagram. And then Facebook is just about the show. Yeah, Facebook's mostly just updates. What's going on. If we have anything going on between, you can always drop in. Leave us comments. Always. Ask us questions if there's anything you want us to talk about on what's in the box, or if you had any like cool insights onto the into the Twilight Zone, Black Mirror, or anything. That's that's where you go. Just and hey. at some point, hopefully, we don't know when, but soonish, we'll actually maybe have some content on the Twitter and the Facebook and stuff. So that'll be fun as well. Um. Throw a like, dislike if you didn't like the episode, because whatever. Do what you got to do. Uh, throw a comment down below. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can always watch us on podcast services and YouTube, according to which one you are currently listening to it. So if you want to see us, you can do that on YouTube. If you only want to listen to us at all, do that on podcast services, which we're on, I think, Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on quite a few different little things. So that's fun. Anything else other nope, than this candy we corn? Covered, <laughs> we've covered everything. We've eaten a lot of candy corn. Yeah, it needs to get gone. It needs to be out of here. I'm done with it. I'm way past. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, why don't we uh, go ahead? Just, Are we done? Yeah. Do you have anything done. else? All right. Until next time. Long days and pleasant nights. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.